Good morning. If you have a Bible handy, would you be turning to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll begin there in just a moment. It's a great day, a great day to be together, uh, especially compared to yesterday, even as Brian prayed, we needed the rain, but if you were outside uh, at all, it never felt like it was, felt like it was never going to quit raining, uh, so we're thankful to see a little sunshine. We had a great day yesterday morning, if you were able to be with us uh, for a part of our Christmas breakfast, we had a, a great time. We want to say thank you again to all who came and all who participated and helped in the entertainment that we uh, put together. Um, if you see any pictures of me on the internet, just ignore them. They're fake. They're not real. Um, I find myself in these situations where I have to say that quite often uh, that uh, may have made a fool of myself. I don't know. We have a good time. And uh, just a reminder, as we sometimes say, that uh, we meet together on the first day of the week and we sing and we worship and we study. And we praise God, and that should be first and foremost in our lives. But we're thankful that God blessed us in such a way that he saw fit to have his church be a part of his plan and that we can not only assemble together to encourage one another in worship, but also certainly to have a little fun, a little laughter and fellowship. Uh, there's so many things in this life that are struggles that get us down, uh, but when we can assemble together as a family and have a little fun, that's enjoyable as well, and we appreciate uh, everyone who had a part of that. And once again, just one more time, we'll invite you to be a part of all of our day here together uh, as we have lunch here in just a few moments, and then our afternoon service will assemble together again. Uh, today is one of those days where the, the services don't actually connect or the sermons uh, don't, aren't, aren't over the same topic. We're going to continue our one-word study this afternoon over the word grief, uh, but this morning, we're going to try to sort of finish up uh, a series that we began on January 8th of this year. Uh, can you believe that it's December already? I mean, like seriously, it's hard to believe another year uh, has already flown by. It seems like just yesterday uh, that I was thinking about 2023 and the sermons that we might look at together. Uh, but it was the January 8th that we started uh, this particular series that we entitled Sunday School Catch-Up. I'll remind you again as well that uh, our brother Jack Wilkie uh, that works for Focus Press is, has a book that he's written over this, and that's kind of where I'd gotten the idea from. I believe you can pre-order it now on, on the Focus Press website uh, and maybe add it to your library as something that you could have or that you could purchase and share with someone. But it was along the, the lines that sometimes in life we realize that we need a, a catch-up. We need a refresher. In particular, it came from the idea that some of you are, are people who can attest to the fact that maybe you became a Christian later in life. And so as you become a Christian later in life, you're sitting in the pew and you're hearing the preacher talk about Abraham or talk about Isaac or Jacob or Joseph or any number of Old Testament people. And you, you say, you look around and you think, well, everybody else seems to know what he's talking about, but I don't, I don't have any idea. And you feel like you need to catch up because maybe you didn't go to Bible class as a young person. You didn't go to Sunday school. And so as we started the year talking about this, we said, why? Why is it important for us to talk about this series? Why is it that we should focus on this? And we sort of said it along these lines, that you don't have to pass a quiz to get to heaven. You know, I had about a four or five question quiz when we started this. I was looking back at my PowerPoint. I didn't make them too hard. The first question was, what's the first book in the Bible? You know, there are a few others that were, were pretty easy. But we, we talk about these facts and these people, and sometimes it feels as if we have to, we have to pass the quiz. You know, we're going to have to answer the questions. We're going to have to get them right. You don't have to pass a quiz to get to heaven, but you do have to know his will. And the Old Testament is part of his will, in a sense. We may not live under it. It may not be his will for us today. We don't offer sacrifices. We don't worship at the temple, all of those things. But they are important as they help us know about his will. And we said if you want to know his will, then you have to know his word. 
That's where we find out about it. God doesn't sort of, as we say, strike us upside the head. He doesn't just put it magically into our brains or our bodies. We just come to know without anything at all. We have to study. We have to know his word if we want to know his will. And so Sunday school and Bible class can be important. Let me go ahead and interject here that I'm probably going to use those interchangeably today. When we say Sunday school, we're talking about something that that we do on Sunday mornings. But when we think about Wednesday night, we sometimes talk about those Bible classes, both kind of being the same hour, right? You may have the same teacher both times. You may have different teachers or different topics. but, But Sunday morning Bible class or Sunday school and Wednesday night Bible class are important because it gives us an opportunity to know his word. And to know his will. Let me ask you again this morning. What do you think of when you think of Sunday school? What do you think of when you think of Bible class? Hopefully there's some good memories that come to mind. Most people, especially here in the South, in the Bible Belt, they remember being taken to Sunday school. Maybe it was their grandparents. Maybe it was their parents. But there are a lot of things that we think of when we think of Sunday school. We've used some of these earlier in the year as object lessons to help us think about. Many of you remember the Betty Lucan uh, felt uh, lessons that you could go through. Some of you ladies have used that years and years in your Bible classes. And, and some of you remember being a kid and sitting at the feet of one of the sweet old ladies in the church who would help you learn about these stories. And they would take these felt pieces and put them on the board. And, and it was always, for many of us, it stands out in our mind as something that was important. We've always done things with our children to try to encourage them. You see the website there at the, at the bottom. I wanted to give proper credit to this lady as I was kind of searching for some pictures online and, and her website came up, but she had entitled her post 1980s Sunday School Pictures, right? And you see some of maybe the hairstyles or the paint or the floor, or the tables, and it reminds you back when you were young and you sat through Sunday School and you had these puzzles and you had these books and you had these great teachers who taught you so much there's so many different things that come to mind as we think about what Sunday school means to us and yet the time eventually shifts right it, things get newer and they get different and maybe you're like this meme that I had seen not too long ago on Facebook it says I'm so bored I've been trying to get these two to tell me Bible stories for the past hour now for some of you older folks that may not be familiar with the newer story or occasion of Veggie Tales, uh, a newer thing that came along that tried to teach our young people about the Bible was this, these things and it involved a, a talking cucumber and a talking tomato and, and it's kind of become they sang silly songs and it was a way we could teach our young people about some of these same things, about marching around the wall. But we see certain things, and it causes us to think about Sunday school. So what we want to do this morning is in sort of a way of wrapping up this series. We're not going to look at anything from the Bible as far as stories or people go, but we want to think a little bit about Sunday school. Uh, To begin, let's talk about the history of Sunday school. Did you you know it has a history, right? We didn't just come up with it. It wasn't like the Saudis and elders were the first one to ever say, well, let's have a Bible class on, on Sunday morning. But here's the challenge. I want you, if you can think for just a moment, to, to show me the passage, right? right? Turn to the passage in your Bible where it says exactly that, that thou shalt have a Sunday school, right? That thou shalt meet at 9.30 on Sunday morning and have Bible class. And, of course, the challenge is when we think about the history of the Bible school, that's not there. Now, we do think about other passages. I, I ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We think about Moses there encouraging the people to teach their children, Right? There's the Shema or the Shema, verses 4 and 5, this this statement that the the Jews would say, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then beginning in verse 6 and going through verse 9, the emphasis is made that we are to teach these things. And in particular, in verse 7, teach them to our children. Without a doubt, there is not one passage that we can turn to that says, Thou shalt have a Bible school. But we can turn to passages like this and understand that from the beginning we were taught to teach our children. You turn over to the book of Joshua. Do you remember in Joshua chapter 4 that it continues? In Joshua chapter 4, well, excuse me, in, in chapter 3, they have just crossed the Jordan River, right? Walked on dry ground. This amazing occasion in chapter 4 is about the memorial stones. They were to take these stones out of the middle of the riverbed. They were to actually, they end up putting some back in to the riverbed there, and then they put some on the other side. And do you know what they're supposed to have? Do you know what you see right there? You see a Bible school. Because Joshua says in verses 19 through 24 that when the children ask you about these stones, you are to tell them what they mean. You are to tell them essentially what God did for us. Teach the children. We don't have time to look at all the New Testament passages, but Jesus emphasizes the importance of loving the children, teaching the children. Jesus himself, as a young person, is there involved with teaching and learning, right? So we may not have one place that tells us that, but we do see biblically that there is this emphasis on teaching the children and teaching the young people. When we think about the history of the Sunday school, it actually goes as far back as a man by the name of Robert Rakes around the year 1780. Now, I joke about giving you quizzes, right? I'm not going to give you a history qu quiz this morning, but if anybody's a history buff, you might recognize that year or this time frame, right? The late 1700s, around 1800s. What's going on in the world at this time, and in particular in England, is the Industrial Revolution, right? The Industrial Revolution has taken place. All these products that are being made in homes, People have these skills and these trades and they make these things and they sell them out of their home. They're being taken from that and moved to the factories, right? They find out that it may be even cheaper and it's certainly a lot more productive if you have equipment and machinery that can crank out all of these different products. So the Industrial Revolution takes off, but as these factories are built and all these things are going on, people are needed. Lots of people are needed to start working, working in these factories and in connection with people, there are children who are working in these factories. And so different laws are set up, and, and these things are, are done so that, you know, people are not overworked. The children are not overworked. But a lot of times, the children would have Sunday off. Sunday would be their day off, and, and people would find that they really wanted to enjoy that day off. And they might not do anything at all, or they might find themselves in trouble. In fact, Robert Rakes is, is quoted with this kind of saying, or something along these lines, Ignorance is the root of the degradation everywhere around us. Idleness is a consequence of ignorance. And idleness begats vice, and vice leads to the gallows. What's he saying? He's, pointing, he's painting that downward spiral picture for us that we talk about where Sunday off sounds great when you've been working all week, but when you have Sunday off and you're idle and you're not having any time to learn and you're ignorant, that oftentimes leads to vices, to trouble, to sin, and that sin will lead you to the gallows in an earthly sense, right, a physical sense, but even more so to the spiritual sense. But here's the thing. 
When Robert Rakes started these schools on Sunday for children, do you know what they learned? Well, they learned about history. They learned about life. They learned subjects that you would learn in school. But do you know what they used to learn to teach these children to read? They used the Bible. So before you know it, it begins to morph a little bit. And the next thing you know, we have Sunday schools that are used to teach children about the Bible. It didn't necessarily begin that way. And it began with the Industrial Revolution. And again, Sunday schools shifted a lot. People do it different ways. There's a long history from the 1700s to now. But yet when we think about that, we see how it began and how the Bible was used, (coughs) excuse me, there in the beginning to teach the children, and they began to learn these things. That's a little bit about the history. You say, that's been a long time. There's been a lot of changes. What does that mean or have to do for me today? Well, let's talk secondly this morning then about the importance of Sunday school or Bible school or Bible classes because we see maybe what it was born out of, but what does that mean for me and you today? We're talking about the children, right? That's one thing we're talking about. What about us as adults? Is there any benefit? Is it important for us as we think about our Bible classes? A few things for your consideration. Why should we? Why is it important? Well, number one, of course, because we love our children, right? We love our children. I'm thankful and we appreciate how much you love our children. And we're not the only ones that can say that. All the parents here say that from time to time to each other. We're thankful how much the older people and the the different people who aren't family in this congregation love our children. It's almost every service. It may not be every prayer, but almost every service These front pews are prayed for by one of our men. And it's encouraging to think about how much we love our children. But just about, just like we talk about from time to time, it's more than just saying it, right? It's more than just simply saying we love our children. It's showing it. And one way that we show it is by having Bible classes and emphasizing those and making them as good as they can be. You know the passage well, right? Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is not a guarantee. I hate to even think about it or say it, but many of us can attest to the fact, many of you can attest to the fact, that it's not a guarantee. Sometimes we get older and our children choose to go a different path. That might occur. But it is a principle that as we love our children and we show that by having Bible classes in Sunday school, then hopefully we are setting them up on the right path to go the right direction. We show them the right way. Another thing that we do along with that is that we model that for them with our presence. Have you ever thought about that? Modeling for the children that we love them by showing up and being a part of Bible class. When I think about some of the the sweet older ladies, even from this congregation, and I didn't grow up here, and and we've not been here that long in one sense, but even the sweet older ladies that we got to know from this congregation, when I hear the stories of so many of you who who taught or remember those sweet older ladies, some many who have passed on, and remember those occasions of sitting at their feet and learning, we model for them how important it is and how important they are with our presence. Notice I'm talking about not just teaching and teachers, but also just being here. 
When you're here for Sunday school, you're modeling for them that it's important to you. And it should be important for them. And it should be important for them when they get to 40 and 50 and 60 years old or any time in this life. We show our children that we love them by modeling our presence, by, by being here, by taking the time to show them the right way, by emphasizing the Sunday school or the Bible class. Number two, why is Bible school, Bible class important? Not only do we love our children, but we love our teachers. I'll submit to you that I think it's one of the toughest jobs in the congregation. You know what's happening right now? Right now, I get to stand here, and you all sit there, and you're quiet, and nobody's raising their hand and asking to go to the bathroom, or nobody needs help cutting out their piece of paper or coloring inside the lines. And see, I get an audience that's pretty good, right? Just a few moments ago, there are a few teachers probably going to pull their hair out maybe with a few of these kids, right, from time to time. Because Sunday school is tough, and it's tough to be a teacher. I don't know what's worse. I've taught teenagers before. Sometimes on Sunday morning, teenagers look like they're not even awake yet, right? They're still trying to sleep a little bit longer. Sometimes on Wednesday night, teenagers are coming off of school, and they're hyper and bouncing off the walls, and it's hard to get them to focus. It doesn't matter what age you are. It can be tough to be a teacher. It's one of the toughest jobs in the congregation. But our teachers are committed. Our teachers are prepared. They work hard. We appreciate Brian and Corey worked on it for a while. Heath and Lisa and others have worked now more recently, but trying to set it up in such a way that, that we have teachers that will teach, that it's there for them, that they can do a good job, that our children are learning. But it takes extra effort. Most of our teachers, pretty much outside of the preacher and, and those who are, are retired, have a lot of other things going on, right? A lot work family, all these things, and so it takes extra effort to be prepared, but how rewarding it is, or it should be. What a great challenge to say that I will take on the task of teaching our young people, of trying to make it in such a way that they will remember, that they can learn, that yes, we may not use the same flannel charts, and we may not have the same things we had before, but hopefully they'll remember something about coming to Bible class. We love our children, we love our teachers, but can I submit for you, thirdly, one reason why it is important, Bible study and Bible school and Sunday school is important, is because we love our elders. Remember that thought that we said just a few moments ago, there is no, in the Bible, there is no, thou shalt meet at 930, or thou shalt have Bible class on Sunday morning, or certainly not, thou shalt have Bible class on Wednesday night, right? We don't necessarily see that picture painted for us. Whether it's the American way in which we've chosen to do things or the way in which the church has changed over the years, the, the most common thing has been to have Sunday, a Sunday school on Sunday morning and a midweek Bible study. And the point is, is that our elders have decided for us to be here, for the church to meet here. That's what we need to do. And this is one way in which they fulfill 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2. You remember there as Peter is encouraging the elders, 1 Peter 5, 2, that he tells them that they are to shepherd the flock. They are to teach. They are to help the flock learn, to guide over them. And so they can't teach every single class, but they can be sure that we have a program, that teachers are selected to do the right thing. And all of that work is because they have decided this is what we are doing here. Now, as you know, we've already changed our situation some, have we not? We, we've gone from meeting on Sunday morning and Sunday night to meeting on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. 
We know of some congregations who only have worship on Sunday morning, but then they come back together in the afternoon or the evening to have Bible class then, right? That's the format that works best for them. You may have other places in which they decide that something is better for them based upon the the makeup of the congregation, the work schedules, or various things. But whatever it is, the benefit of the Bible school, the reason it is important is because our elders have told us this is one way in which they're going to feed us that we can learn and we should love them enough and we should have committed to them when we place membership here when we agreed to work here to say that that's what they said and that's what we are going to do our dead level best to do I, I plan to say it in a few moments but I guess I'll go ahead and insert it here for emphasis but we understand that sometimes things come up Sometimes work schedules get in the way. Sometimes we're out of town. There are reasons from time to time why we may not be able to be here. But if we're being honest, sometimes those reasons are probably excuses. Sometimes those reasons or those excuses come out of laziness. You know, just maybe a weakness in the moment to say, well, I I just would rather not today. But let me encourage you that if you love our children, you love our teachers, you love our elders, and of course, above all, you love God and his word, then you should strive to be here. You see, this is the great benefit, we might say, when we think about kind of trying to sum all this up together. One of the great benefits of the Bible school is that we have a teaching from parents that is then reinforced by other teachers. As you're filling that in, if you have a bulletin in front of you or you're taking notes, I challenge you to think about that as well. It may not have been the best way to say it. It may not have been the, the easiest way to say it. But, but trying to emphasize everything that we just said. Going all the way back to the fact that, that the Bible school is not in the Bible per se. But that from Deuteronomy on that parents are to teach their children. So there is to be teaching from the parents. Parents are involved. Also it is done by teachers. We love our teachers. We love the work that they do. It is done as it is here But notice it is reinforced. Reinforced. Unfortunately, what happens is what happens with a lot of other things in life. It's real easy for parents to farm out their children to someone else. Whatever you feel or don't feel or think or don't think about the public school system or things like that, I, I don't really care this morning. But when we think about sending our kids to school, they learn so much there. You know, we send them off to learn about those things. More prevalent today is parents who maybe aren't as involved or as knowledgeable in sports and those kinds of things. We, we farm out their, their athletic development, right? We'll pay somebody else to, to give them lessons. And sometimes because somebody else that knows more can do that. Again, all those things are personal choices you can make. But what not, should not be a personal choice is farming out the biblical teaching to your children, to the elders or the teachers or to the Sunday school. It is to be reinforced by other teachers because it should begin at home. But one great benefit of following along with the principle of teaching is to have things like the Sunday school where teachers are selected, the elders do their work in one sense, and then there is reinforcement of the things that are done at home. To conclude this morning, I want to share a few final thoughts, and this is, of course, final thoughts in the lesson, but also final thoughts as we think about this series that we entitled Sunday School Catch-Up. Because one thing that came to my mind is, I want to share with you, it is not shameful to struggle to remember all of these things. 
right? It's not shameful to not have it all figured out. Some of you have said, and I've even said to you, boy, it sure helps me to study these things. It lines it up in my mind. I remember where certain things fall on the timeline. It's not shameful to struggle to remember. In fact, I couldn't help but think of just a couple of uh, sort of pop culture or movie or song quotes as I was thinking about this. Some of you have seen the animated movie Aladdin, the Disney movie from a few years ago, and, and the genie, as he comes out, says 10,000 years will give you such a, a crick in the neck, you know, joking he's been locked up in that, that um, place for 10,000 years. All I could think of is about, we've covered four or 5,000 years in about 12 Sundays this year, right? And four to 5,000 years will give you a, a headache if you're not careful, trying to think about all of that time. It is not shameful to not be able to remember all that. The other thing I thought of was the old Carpenter song. Some of you remember, we've only just begun, right? And we only touched the hem of the garment of all the pages that take place in your Old Testament. We only just began to look at all of those things. It's not shameful to struggle to remember, but it is shameful to stay that way. It is without a doubt 100% shameful to stay in that kind of ignorance and think that it doesn't matter, that I don't have to put time or effort into it. In fact, you remember the encouragement of the Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. You remember that he begins this section by saying, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Does that mean that you've got to teach on a Sunday morning to, to go to heaven? Not necessarily, maybe. But it does mean that all Christians should be striving to be teachers, to be knowledgeable enough to be able to share with someone. Because there should be more teaching that just goes on inside these classrooms, right? It should go on out here in the world. It hopefully can go on in your workplace. I know you may not be able to do that with today's society in some ways, but hopefully you are able to take time to teach others. It is not shameful to not be able to remember everything that we've covered, but it is shameful to stay in that ignorance and pretend that it doesn't matter. The Hebrew writer says that you are to grow and you should strive to become teachers. See, we could say it this way as well. It's not too late to catch up. That's the whole reason that, that Jack Wilkie has written this book. It's the whole reason I thought it would be good for us to look at this morning. It is not too late to catch up. In just a moment, we're about to extend heaven's invitation, and we try to say from time to time, if there is still blood in your body, there's still breath in your lungs, it's not too late. You'll have time in just a moment to repent, to respond if you need to. As we sit here this morning, it is not too late to catch up. But here's the thing. You must be present to catch up. And once again, I couldn't help but think of, you know, we usually say you must be present to win, right? When you think about different kind of contests and those things, you must be here to learn. Should you study the Bible outside of these walls? Absolutely. Should you be studying on your own? Without a doubt. But can you get great benefit from being here and learning from teachers who have studied and prepared? Learning from material that the elders have said, these are things we need to study? Absolutely. Being present here is not the only way, as we think about studying on our own, but how helpful, how encouraging it is when we come together and we learn from great teachers and we learn from one another. And so again, I know there's sometimes reasons why you can't be here. You know, one of the saddest things that happens around this time of year 
is that the time changes and it gets dark at, well, it feels like like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but it gets dark in the evening. And you know what happens? I get at least two or three or four different people that come up to me and they say, we're not going to be here Wednesday night, you know, because it's just too dangerous. We can't drive when it's dark. And I always say, as I feel, I understand. You know, this is what the elders have decided. And this is what's best for us. We can't meet at 1 o'clock in the afternoon because a lot of people are at work. You know, it just doesn't work like that. We're thankful, as we say from time to time, that we have ways now in which you can view online or you can see other things. It shouldn't exempt you from Bible study at all, but sometimes there are reasons why you can't be here. But you need to be here. You need to be present to learn, to catch up, to grow more, to keep striving to learn more about the ways of God's will for our lives. Here's the final thing I'd leave you with. Please do not think that Sunday school is just for kids. Please in no way think that while we love our children, was the first point we said here this morning, it's not just for children. It's for all of us as we encourage ourselves with any number of things. We appreciate the fact that our ladies can get together and have a class in which they study things, they can be together. We love the auditorium class in ways that we can come together as a whole congregation Pretty much all the adults together and look at certain, certain things, even over the last year or two, as we've talked about our giving, as we've talked about the Holy Spirit, as we've talked about how we got the Bible, all of those things that you sometimes say, I have questions about, I need to learn more. We're trying to present you with an opportunity to do just that, but you must be present and understand that Bible study is not simply only for our children. Why do you need to be here? Well, because you love the Word of God. You love the Lord, you love his will and his word, and you want to grow and study more and encourage your brothers and sisters. One of the most important things, of course, that we learn as we read the Bible and we think about God's will and his word is his simple plan of salvation. As we said a few moments ago, we extend heaven's invitation. We extend Jesus' invitation this morning. The song that's been selected that through its words we might encourage you in just a few moments is here so that in these moments, if it's been something you've heard in these last 30 minutes or so, something you've heard in Bible class this morning, something you've been thinking about for several days now that you would not delay. First and foremost, by becoming a Christian, putting Christ on and baptizing, baptism, allowing his blood to wash away your sins. Maybe you're here, brother or sister, and you've done that in times past, but you have wandered away. You've struggled. You know, this is one of those lessons that comes up from time to time where when you preach on a particular subject, people say, well, I can't respond now, you know, because then everybody will think that, that uh, it's, I mean, I've not been coming to Sunday school or Bible class. It can be anything in your life. As we sometimes say, too, in this moment, it may be struggles. It could be the things of this world that are getting you down. And maybe it's not one particular sin, but it's something that you would like to share with your brothers and sisters so that they can pray with you and for you. Maybe that's the situation, but, but again, first and foremost, if you need to become a Christian, or maybe if you are a Christian but you're erring in some way and you need to make your life right, don't delay, don't put it off, don't say, well, there will be another time. We know that we're not promised the rest of today and we're not promised tomorrow, and that's not meant to be discouraging, but only to help us do what is right, even now as we stand together and as we sing.